0: Isn't it funny how we all start off with a plan or conception of what our life and career will look like, but oftentimes we end up in a completely different place than we ever could have dreamed? Well, this is a podcast where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, and entrepreneurs to hear how they handled life's unexpected events. I'm your host, Andrew East. I'm an engineer turned professional athlete turned entrepreneur, and I'm super excited to bring you these stories to help inspire you to reach your dreams, no matter what they look like. This week's Fan of the Week is Ali Baer. Ali, thank you so much for listening to the show and participating in the question and answer with our guests. Uh, I really appreciate it. Today's guest is Sam Basher. And Sam went from being a musical therapist to analyzing comic books and movies for a living. And Sam is very, very passionate, very, very interesting, has some great perspective on things. And I think you're going to love today's episode. Go ahead and enjoy, guys. Sam, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's been a while since I've seen you. Been a minute. Thanks for having me. I got to start off with the story of how we first met because it's probably one of the most epic experiences of my life. I don't know if you feel the same. Oh, 100%. Um, But it was on the Zero Gravity, uh, what is it called? Zero Gravity Plane Experience. Mm -hmm. We're up there with uh, a couple of people I'd never met before. You were just sitting in the back of the bus having a good time um and i ended up being i don't know if you got motion sickness but i've i don't get motion sickness and i was more motion sick after like the third drop of that airplane than i'd ever been in my entire life i got lucky
1: but i was uh i messed up because before we took off remember they gave us those dramamine in that little packet yeah they were like you should take half or one and i took two so the whole time like every time we would like do the where you were laying on the ground and you you weren't zero G. Yeah. I got I immediately was like oh crap I'm gonna fall asleep. <laughs> Please not fall asleep. That would be so lame if I fell asleep in the middle of one of the coolest experiences of my life. Oh my gosh!
0: Could you imagine too just being like comatose and floating around the airplane and then <laughs> back down? It ended up being I I actually saw uh, I saw one of the is like I Justine and we were laughing about. It ended up being like total carnage by the end of that thing because we had. Yeah um uh shoot the mexican weather girl i forget her name she like rolled her ankle you had a nade shot was just throwing up everywhere and (laughs) people it was tough dude (laughs) we were a tough group (laughs) do you remember that oh yeah no because we were all looking at our phones or our cameras
1: or whatever (laughs) so like we weren't like of course we were gonna get sick but like and no one was paying attention right Um, it was it was it was crazy how many stories we got out of like 45 minutes of like an event it was it's crazy <laughs>
0: i've told, told a lot of them um but i'm super glad that we got to meet that trip and we've met up one other time um so i've really enjoyed getting to know you and i'm i'm super thankful you were able to join us on the show so as we were kind of talking right before the whole concept of the show is the idea that we all kind of have this preconception of of what our life or career is going to look like and then we kind of get you know swerved into another lane um for one reason or another and so we've sat down with athletes and i'm not sure how familiar you are with my story i remember we talked a little bit about my football career uh when we're in that delicious bagel shop what was the name of it oh i think we were at it was in north hollywood uh... Uh,
1: republic of pie that's right delicious
0: um but, you know, I, I've been doing the NFL thing for the past four years. And then because of my wife, like we started the the YouTube channel. And so uh, we've sat down with like Matt Yocum, we've sat down with um, Madeline Bailey, Madeline Bailey's husband, uh, Jimmy, and like Kurt Schneider. And so all these people have like pretty unique stories and yours adds to the, to the collage. So um, thank you again for joining us.
1: Oh yeah, no, of course. Kurt Schneider, by the way, been a big fan of him for like, ever like he was a huge motivation of why i got into like this because i would find his videos and his like he was super he's extremely talented producer he's so talented have you
0: you got a chance to meet him
1: uh no i there was one time in an elevator at vidcon and i was like I I couldn't bring myself to say it because it's like you had like ten seconds to be like, hey man, I like your work. Like there's <laughs> nothing you could like there's yeah. nothing that you could say to either you'll I would have come off as like an enormous fanboy or it would have just kind of mumbled. So I was like, I'll just be quiet. This will just yeah. be for me.
0: <laughs> so so we met through game night and we'll play have you ever played the game Werewolf? It's like mafia, but like a little well, we'll have yeah. to you have played it. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a strategy kind of you can figure it out if you have a formula and so kurt was a yale mathematician and the dude just crushes every and i'm like can you take <laughs> it easy honest man this isn't fair <laughs> um anyway he's a he's a great dude i'm enjoying getting to know him um, but i'm super curious so you were born in california is that right oh yeah right around la you have any siblings
1: yeah i'm uh i'm middle out of four so i'm number three uh yeah no i got i have one younger sibling and two older ones and uh, i've been I uh grew up just outside of LA in uh, Santa Clarita. It's the only reason anyone knows that it's where the Six Flags is in Southern California. It's nice. like, yeah, that's what we got. That's why we have uh there's people live out there.
0: <laughs> uh what do your parents do? I'm not sure if it's anything anything similar to what you do, but I'm curious. It was kind of how I got
1: into this, like stuff. It was my dad. My mom is was a traveling salesman, so she was uh she was gone basically what was it she would fly out thursdays come back sunday nights sleep for like three days and then do it again and she was kind of do that all the time but my dad was stay at home dad and the way he brought him like money was he was an editor and he was videographer so he would show he would record um all like he'd be the guy the schools would call to like record there and he showed me like what editing was and as soon as like people could get hd cameras he was like this is what this like this is what a tape deck looks like when like or like a cassette recording and this is like a like a SD card and stuff and he taught me how to use a computer. He even taught us how to build a computer. Totally forgot how to do that. But um <laughs> he did teach us. Um like in high school I was really into like the performing arts. I did show choir before like Glee came out and then Glee started coming out. And people were like, oh you do that thing? I'm like, yeah, basically I do I do that thing. So I would make videos for them and my dad like taught me how to like use editing software and like all how to like all the things in the camera and how like aperture well i have stop, you know all the stuff that i've again forgotten totally but <laughs> oh, yeah it's overwhelming yeah yeah no but he you know he taught me like and got me interested in this field and i didn't know where I, what i wanted to do it definitely i've definitely pivoted more than one time to get to what this is now where i'm at yeah
0: well, I'm curious because, you know, we kind of have common ground here. You did musical theater. I did musical theater in high school. I was in a play. It was it was, it was kind of a comedy thing. And I had done high school sports my whole life. And so I was like, I got to switch it up. Like this crowd, the jocks, I'm kind of, you know, I, I know them all. And I want to yeah, diversify a little bit. So I did a play my senior year. I had so much fun, man. I, they only gave me one line in my words. <laughs> all I said was, yes, sir. Uh, but. You were singing and stuff. You were doing oh. the whole song.
1: Oh yeah. No, I did. I did that. I got in the musical theater near the end. Uh, wait, do you know what play it was?
0: You can't take it with you is what it was called.
1: Interesting. I've never heard of that one.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, it's not, it's not a Broadway <laughs> play right now.
1: Um, <laughs> not the big one, not <laughs> yeah. Um, I did uh, a couple plays, but yeah, no, I do like show car was like, you just take the song that you like from a musical uh, without all the baggage of like dialogue and stuff and you could just like do the song that you wanted to do and you could choreograph it however you wanted to uh, you get your friends in on it and you can kind of switch it up or you can get like a better choreographer to like make it like a big number with like lighting and costumes and, and stuff like that and that was always that was always cool but I did I same thing senior year is when I was like double down let's do a play and I got to be the male lead only because two of the people that were cast ahead of me got like violently ill. <laughs> and so I had to, I was like, oh, oh crap, I have to like, <laughs> I got to learn all this. And that, that play, it was the Drowsy Chaperone, which like, that's another play that, who cares. But um, the, uh, the, there was a part that I'm playing uh, like a, an exaggerated version of a male lead in a play that's kind of dimwitted. So I had to do a whole duet on roller skates blindfolded. And, um, yeah, it was, um, I was super scared because I'm like, I'm super clumsy. Like I sprained my ankles like twice a year, like 100% that's (laughs) what's going to happen. And I, and I learned how to use like this, I learned how to use the skates, how to break and everything like that. But like four days before the main, like the, the premiere show, uh, they, they showed us like the full, we did a full like dress rehearsal or whatever. And you know, some stages have the pit that lowers. Yeah for like the orchestra, they, they finally showed us that they were going to, they're going to be taking, they're going to take that down. So there was just stage and then a 20 foot drop. And it was like, oh my God. I'm oh my God. gosh. God, I don't want to die. <laughs> like I could technically see through the blindfold, but I'm like, oh my God, could you imagine, could you imagine if I just slipped and biffed it and just,
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: You made it out alive clearly. Yeah, no, I, I, I happened to not mess up that way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I did musical theater for a little bit. It's always been, it's always been like a fun little, like side passion.
0: I got to tell you, man, listening to your, your podcast, you do have a very soothing voice. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised to hear that you, that you sing. So, you know, maybe yeah, towards the end of the show, if you feel comfortable, maybe whipping out some Adele or, Ooh. or maybe yeah, some through my Spotify I don't know there. who you're into. <laughs> 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 um, so you went to school, didn't you? didn't you go to college for a musical theater too? Oh, I did. I went for a, mu- so like senior year, I was like, what
1: are? What do you want to do? And you get that classic, like guilt. You're like, I got to help people. And then they're so like, <laughs> yeah. what am I going to do? And so I started looking at like what music and what, what can I do with music that could help people? And my sister actually, she is a music therapist and um, she's actually like one of the premier ones on the West coast. Cause it's mainly like east coast thing for some reason yeah. I guess West Coast people don't want something like that um yeah. so I started like reading into what that was so I went to um uh, Cal State Northridge for 1 year uh studying music therapy and I was very bad at it I was very 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 not it, it's a lot of um uh, I was mainly a singer and a dancer, but for this field, you need to be able to pick up guitar and piano and bass in any percussion instrument because you'd be in the field and to help people, you need to be able to play along with them and get them comfortable to sing. So you want to, I have to learn all those instruments in a very short time span and I'm very, very—I'm my fingers are very dumb. So I was like, nah, I can't, that's not, that's not for me.
0: I could kind of see there when you did that, you know, what's yeah. the most agile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's it's like, some, what I don't even know what music therapy is. Are you saying like people get like almost stage anxiety or is it?
1: Oh, no, know. no, no. This is actually like therapy when it comes to recovering from surgeries or it would be ther- like therapy for you, like a couple's therapy kind of thing where it would be for like uh, emotional growth or a support system. Like uh, example, uh, my sister did, worked with Doctors Without Borders and they went to Cambodia and that, something, something happened where a lot of newborns are born with this heart defect. And they were, the doctors were doing this quick surgery to, to fix it. I um, couldn't tell you what it was. But um, my sister was part of the recovery team. So what they would do is they'd get all the kids in one room and while during recovery and they would start playing songs together and they would start, and, like, you could see, like, the positive environment and them, like, laughing and the endorphins. Uh, it, it helps them with recovery. Also, they would create, it's, it's creating activities just to make the recovery process go quicker. Um, the craziest story she told me was um, she, when she was in school, she worked with Alzheimer patients. And she started playing hymns. Um, and like eight, all these 80 year old people who were like, could remember their sons or daughters or anything. They, they could immediately start singing and they were, they, she was in a room full of people that would just start singing amazing grace, uh, all at once and didn't miss a word. And it was, she like cried immediately, of course. And it was just something like magical because music is this in this special part of the brain that take, like, if you have Alzheimer's or degenerative mental disease, um, that's something that would go last. So it's a, it's a cool way to connect with people.
0: The music part of your brain is, a, is the part that would go last?
1: Yeah, it's one of those last ones that's like, it's, wow. it's ingrained. So, and it, it, so like a lot of good there. Like you can, you can like get that. Like, this is a lot of, there's a lot of positives to it, but I didn't have the musical chops to like, to keep up with everybody else. So. Gotcha. Was there
0: one interest instrument that you, that you were pretty good at? I was pretty good at
1: violin. But that's Literally. not – yeah, I, not anymore. I did try recently, and I was like, oh, no, oh, no, my hands. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, play like I used to. I was always pretty good. I was never, like, amazing. I was always pretty good. I could keep up with people, and um, uh, that was my thing. But that doesn't translate well to guitar or piano right. or anything like that.
0: Yeah, it's funny, man. I had uh, – I was first chair in middle school on trumpet,
1: Nice. And
0: like, I had braces for eight years of my life. I had braces. And so I, I was always used to playing my trumpet with my braces on. And so like you're, you're pushing the, the, the mouthpiece against your mouth pretty hard. And as soon as I got my braces taken out, I literally, I couldn't, I couldn't play it at all, at all. So no I don't know way. why I told that story, but that's,
1: that's, <laughs> that's my experience with music. Uh, That'd be a bummer though. If you played it for that long and you couldn't play it again, I'd be, I'd be bummed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was pretty bummed, but it was just middle school. So, you know, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have too many high hopes. Um, I am curious. though. you mentioned something you had, you're coming out and you had that guilt of, Oh, I want to help people. Um, I studied civil engineering in college, even though I was like, I was, I'm really good at writing. I'm really good at poetry and kind of like the the English, I guess, soft, I don't, what do you call that stuff? Like the, not the science, the, not the hard mm-hmm. sciences, but the, Oh 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 oh! I know what you're talking about, but yeah, the, like arts and crafts, we'll call big. it. <laughs> um, I'm, good at, I'm good at that stuff. But I was like, man, I got to build wells for people in third world countries. So I'm going to do civil engineering. But I've realized now, and I'm curious if you feel this way too. Um, if you think what you're doing now is helping people,
1: I think I'm able to help people who are growing up or who grew up, uh, and they're around like my age. They that they felt. Insecure for liking the things that they do, uh, and I'm able to facilitate communities where people can meet each other who like the same things and they can feel more comfortable in their own skin um and I think I can uh create little pockets of joy for people where it's like if i can if I can be silly and I can a- and celebrate something that they love for a little bit and they can feel good, then that's I think I can help a little bit. It would be cool to build wells, but like you know i can't i I wouldn't be able to do that either. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it's like, you know, it's important not to downplay the importance of of what you just said. For those of you f- who are listening that don't know what Sam does, Sam, would you mind giving like a brief overview of, of what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm a I've been working on YouTube and podcasts uh in that in those fields for six, seven years now. I used to be a host for a channel called SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd. Um and now I have my own podcast called Only Stupid Answers, where we talk about movies, TV shows, comic books. That's the kind of stuff I like to celebrate. Um and we will cover conventions and festivals. And we are actually now branching out the reason why if you've seen the video of this, I have this set now is because we're doing YouTube content and Twitch content, which Twitch is like a whole new field, but it's so confusing. Yeah. Oh no, I was definitely not ready for it, but we're doing it, and we're going to figure it out. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so did you go after Cal after your one year at Cal, uh, Cal Ridge, Northridge. North, Cal Northridge? I'm sorry. Um, what what did you do after that?
1: So within the first year, um, I saw online uh, a new channel called SourceFed get started, and it was started by. Uh, a popular YouTuber, Philip DeFranco, and I was a big fan of him. And I would follow his Twitter because he, you would like, you could see in videos that there were interns that work there. And I was like, you know what? I should get an internship. It's my, it's freshman year, but it couldn't hurt. So I saw that he posted that he wanted, uh, he was looking for interns. I applied. Uh, I went to the, the group interview um, and I got it. And that was really cool. So I took a semester off because I wanted to, I wanted to see what this is like. And I was just a PA. I was a grunt. But um, one of the cool parts was that it was in 2012. So, excuse me, uh, it was during the election. So Google gave Phil like a crazy amount of money to do the coverage at the RNC and DNC and to do coverage from the office at like this huge live Google event for the election. And so I was fact checker. Also, we'd be like recording the the debates live and the speeches live. And then we would run back and the editors would be live editing it. And I would take that footage and run it back to the switcher so we could get it up there. It was one, it might be the most stressful shoot I've ever done, but I, I was always the one that was, I was like trying to keep it cool. Cause it's like, come on, man, don't mess this up. It's like that you want to make sure this is good. And Phil really liked me. So he hired me on as a, uh, a writer and uh, like an official production assistant. And then from there, for like years I moved my way up through different I worked for like every channel that was at that uh, company I was an associate producer and then eventually I was a um, uh, host writer for the two main channels
0: Wow um I'm curious you know I'm a fan of Philip deFranco and there's there's probably like three or four people that I consume cons- like their, uh, content I cons- I don't consume people just for their- <laughs> uh, but like you know I I, I I see a lot of their content I'm big fans of was there any part of you that was scared or hesitant to reach out to him because, you know, you felt like it was an unreasonable uh, process that you might go through or, or tell me about your mindset during doing that.
1: Uh, it was 100% terrifying. And cause I'm uh, I've worked on this a lot, but I was, ex- I'm an extremely quiet person. i improved, but I, uh, this was like a big gamble and a big jump, but I respected him a lot and I still respect him a lot. But uh, at the time I, really respected him and I wanted to make a good impression um in but in like my mindset was just like don't don't mess this up it's fine and he was super encouraging and very straightforward with what he wanted and that made life so much easier compared to other jobs I had it was just like this is it and i'm like don't overthink it literally just do it and like that's all you have to do it's like it, it was super <laughs> simple yeah like just don't don't get yeah. up in your head uh cuz you're gonna but try not to and just just do, do what he says and you'll, you'll be good. And we just had a good relationship and, and uh, he liked me. So that was really cool. Nice. Yeah.
0: Uh, you met, you had other jobs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I did like freelance editing and shooting for like companies and individuals and stuff. And it was always like, no one knew what they wanted. So I'd go in there, like, what are we shooting today? And he's like, well, I got a script. I'm like, cool. Do you know what this is? Like, what are, where are we putting this? Like who's seeing this? all right should I get a drone shot like what are we doing right. and um it, and people didn't know they're like oh yeah that's a good idea so it was all a lot of like having to kind of make it yourself and then having to deal with people later being like well that's not what we wanted and it's like well, you didn't have an idea so we had to make it work and I would I did like uh I did like smaller gigs like helping out like volunteering at churches but when volunteering at church usually becomes more like a full-time job just no money and right. uh and I was a lifeguard for a while for like a private community. So you got to deal with the cool people that, uh, <laughs> that have uh, that kind of money and that kind of like mindset of like trying to tell their kids not to run. Cause I don't want their heads to like break open, but they're like, don't tell don't talk to my kids that way. <laughs>
0: oh, man, I'm sure you love that. All oh, right. it was cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, did you, so at what point did you realize that, or did you transition from doing the editing, doing like the, the, Videography for everything to, you know, at, during your time at SourceFed, being the guy that's in front of the camera.
1: I'm curious was, to hear about
0: that. I kind of always wanted to actually between like all of that before SourceFed. I try.
1: I actually not tried. I did. I I produced a band, and the idea behind it was it was I was it was like the height of YouTube cover bands, you know, like in the 2012s. And I was like, you know what, I want to get in on that. Uh, that's sweet, sweet cover cover money. Um, <laughs> and I uh, met with a bunch of my friends who were like a million times more talented than I am. And I was like, "Whoa! Well, what if we could come up with a system that could highlight as many artists as we possibly could? Like we have like a set band where we could have guest musicians and guest singers in and we could like all create a cover together. Um, Everyone was on board with that way more complicated than we thought it was going to be but we started figuring it out and we like we'd record in a studio and we'd actually get like professional equipment to like shoot our videos with so like I always wanted to like make videos I always wanted to do that kind of side of YouTube and being on camera I'd always kind of like intro the videos and stuff and um and and do fun content like that and we would do behind the scenes stuff so I always wanted to be on camera and Phil would ask like what do you want to do like it was always kind of like He's very like. If you're here, what do you want to be doing? And I'm like, well, I would like to be on camera, but like, the people at SourceFed were like, are, are to this day far more talented than I am. So I was just like, I, if anything, I, I would like to go on camera sometimes, but um, I, at most, I just want to help make the content the best I can, you know, yeah. make it the best thing we could. Um, but he would always give me these opportunities um, to hop on camera when, like, if he needed somebody, uh, and I would just try to step up and push myself. And then it just kind of evolved from there. Like he, the first time I ever hopped on camera, he's like, Hey, do you want to do this? And it was in the middle of a convention. It was at VidCon and uh, SourceFed was supposed to be doing these red carpet interviews. And I wasn't supposed to be doing any of that. I was just being a PA. I was getting coffee for people. And he was like, do you want to do this? And uh, I was like, sure. They handed me this enormous binder with bios on every single person there were like 50 people that were going to be coming through there and we didn't have a set schedule of who was coming that day so i was just like uh, i was just starting from the beginning and just reading through it and i had never done an interview before i had never done anything and i just started like cycling through them i did like over a couple days i did like 20 interviews and they were really happy with it so we said we just kept like going and going and going from there
0: dude what i love about everything you just described is like you were, you were just like scrap, you were just making it happen, man. Like, Oh, I, uh, I got, I want to get in on the, the, you know, YouTube cover trend. I want to, you know, do interviews. And so you're just doing, you're putting yourself in position, such as an intern with, with Philip DeFranco to take you one step closer to that goal, which I think is is super, super cool. I'm not sure you're doing it consciously, but definitely seems like you're just, you know, out there doing whatever it takes to, to make it happen. So props to you now you were part of the SourceFed nerd team specifically is that right or is it all yeah. under it's all kind of under one but they started at, it used
1: to be kind of like a big melting pot where it's just like who's doing what today and we would just kind of pick it up <laughs> from there um there are definitely days when like a flu would come through the office and like when we had six hosts it'd be down to two and so we're like cool we're putting out three videos on both channels today who's going to do it and it's like oh my god <laughs> so we just have to double down and i'd write like two nerd videos and they'd write us and I and a source video while the other person did the other ones and then we would both co-host both all of, all six of those videos and oh be like, my gosh th- th- those days weren't my favorite but uh th- but eventually yeah I it just kind of got whittled down to source fed nerd because at a certain like everywhere uh, it was just the stuff I was more interested in
0: yeah so I'm curious to hear your perspective on this. I'm not sure if you've seen like this YouTube burnout trend or all these videos people are making about like, oh my gosh, it's exhausting. But I feel like in order to be uh, like a, uh, do you consider yourself an influencer? Or like a, like, what is the term you use? Like a, a host or a host? It's, I do host writer.
1: Cause that's what I always get on when people will like book me for jobs. I'm like, Ooh, that sounds nice. I'm going to do that.
0: That because, is good. That is good. Um,
1: cool. Right, because it sounds more important than it is usually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I, I an influencer is, I guess, the term that would work the best. But I like host writer because I get hired more for jobs being a host and a writer. Right. So I think that's I think that's more true to what I do.
0: So there's this, but I think and I think it's true is like to to grow your audience and to uh, maximize, you know, that your your relationship with the algorithm, I guess you ha you have to be cranking out content like no other, you know what I'm saying? Like you're doing now Twitch, you're doing podcasts, you're doing YouTube. It's, ex- it's like a never ending treadmill run, you know? Um, so I'm not yeah. sure like what th- was that an experience that you had at SourceFed at all or that you've seen in what you've done? At SourceFed? definitely just cause it, uh, it,
1: you just, there's so many people and like, uh, it, it ran like a studio. So it was like, you, you have to, Things aren't just like uh, doing it at doing it home. Like if you were to like now with my podcast, it's just me and my co-host and we make all the decisions. There's no one else to do that. So at SourceFed, it was like, no, there's like seven other people you need to like make sure are on board with this. Um, and so you would get uh, you would get pretty burnt out quick. And But even now it's like, ew, I've, I've just had like my first full day off in like a long time. Like a very- Is like, it today? Uh, no, no, no. It was yesterday. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's been, it, it's, um, and, and I'm totally, I haven't reached the burnout level yet just because I'm like, I, I like, I like keeping busy to yeah. uh, some degree, but I definitely have, I know what that feeling is because you have to be, you know what? I feel it the most with social media. That's where I feel it like, cause it's yeah. like, I'm fine with making content because that's what I want to do. I do not want to be tweeting about it. I don't want to be posting Instagrams about it. Like, and I, everyone's like, you got to meet your brand or whatever. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't, <laughs> I, don't <wanna. laughs> I don't want to. And there's no way to like post everything to everywhere at once. They're like, there's like Hootsuite and stuff, but it's still like, it doesn't look good. And it doesn't. And it, people don't want you posting the same thing everywhere. It has to be original things all over the place. Right. That's the burnout I'm feeling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is it seems like you're super passionate about what you're doing. And now SourceFed Nerd is, well, and it carries over to what you're doing now, but it's mostly like comics and movie stuff that that you break down or or like talk about, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So if I remember our previous conversations correctly, you originally weren't too big into that stuff. Oh, no. I I was in the movies. I
1: think that's, I think, because with, like, videos and stuff, like, YouTube looked like an easier way to make movies, Movies, so I was right. into that, but no, comic books, that kind of came around with, like, source-fed Nerd because um, people would, I, I was, like, into superhero movies, because, you know, who isn't? They're popular, <laughs> they're everywhere, like, that's not, like, a niche thing anymore, um, and, but when I was looking at it, I, I could see that they're pulling from source material, and, and there were fans who wanted to know more about what they're talking about. Like uh, like what a costume is or like who this villain is in this movie or like they have like a certain power. What does that actually mean? And I was like, you know what? I kind of like, I like having useless information in my brain. So let's start deep diving. And I started going through Wikipedia pages and like just, hundreds of them, just like going through like character bios or like story bios. And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty cool. And then I started reading the books and I was like, oh, for SourceFed Nerd, we have like an anime person. We have like a, a in-depth movie person uh, and like a horror person. I could be the comic book guy. And I was like, you know, that could be kind of fun. And since then, like not since me, but I since after that, I noticed this whole uh, different world of YouTube out there that is comic book centric and it's opened up a lot of doors and it's been a really cool experience for me just finding uh a new form of storytelling.
0: That's great, man. I uh I I've always been kind of skeptical about the whole comic con scene and like I feel like it's becoming a little more mainstream and and easier for people to understand, but I saw the movie Spock, I'm not sure if you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just about it's about the guy who played Spock in Star mm-hmm. Trek, which I'd never watched Star Trek uh don't hate me but i went through all the star wars and i like couldn't get into it bro i i like i i sat down and i just cranked through all the movies because i was like there's got to be something to them i'm trying to get into it and i just couldn't it just didn't bite with me hey man same really yeah no 100 percent. (laughs) so
1: here's the thing like i the most recent ones only one of them in the theater have been like, oh, cool, you know, like, oh, this is this is dope. Like, I like the like yeah. the actual. It feels like a war. That's fun. But as a kid, I was always like, who doesn't like lightsabers? You know, who doesn't want to have like the force? That's fun. But I don't know the characters. I don't know the lore. I don't know anything about that. Also, yeah. it be working in nerd realms. My least favorite fans are the Star Wars fans.
0: Oh, <laughs> they are like, the worst. Yeah, they're passionate too. Uh, but the start the this movie Spock was all about like this character, and he would show up to you know, whatever event he was at and like people would just cry because they relate to him. Like these, these, these comic books and these superhero movies are actually some of the, I feel like some of the most beautifully written pieces of literature or movies, whatever they are, uh, like that people can connect with today. And it's like, they're, they're way deeper than you know, just the pictures and the little word bubbles from what it seems like. I'm obviously not nearly as invested in it as you are, but people love this, you know, and there's a reason I feel like it just resonates with them.
1: I think there's a cool, one of the cool ways about like cool things about superhero movies being popular now is that because they're so popular and they're so reliable for people to watch or consume them in some way, you can tell deeper stories now and trick people into actually learning something that Mm -hmm. I think is Uh, one of the coolest aspects, like uh, Captain America Civil War, third movie that came out in the little trilogy for Captain America. It was actually deep down, it was a look at how people come to, when when they want to solve a problem, usually come from it from two different points of view, or at least one of the theories is you come from it from two different points of view, rational and emotional. And in the movie, one person fully embodies the emotional side, but they are our favorite character. They're not being irrationally emotional. They're not like, crying and screaming and like spitting it's just like they're being they're they're standing by what they feel is right while the other character another favorite it's Iron man he's being rational he's like if a is plus b equals c then that's what we have to do and it's like but you have since we are emotional creatures and there is emotional weight to situations you do need to consider it but also if you're just thinking about like what your feelings are on a situation you can't solve them you know what i mean like like that's an example of why um, that's like, you could get something deeper out of that. And it's not just spandex and costumes and punching and explosions.
0: It kind of sounded like football. You're describing right there. No, really? bro, it gets me, it gets <laughs> me so pumped up to talk to you about, uh, all this stuff. Cause like I could, not only is it super interesting what you're saying, but like just your passion for it is so, so apparent. And it's like, it's really refreshing to see like, you're just, you're just going at it. And I love it. Um, I get, I get animated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember talking about your favorite superhero character.
1: Um, mm. could you oh, he's uh, the Flash. He's the he's my boy. Yeah, I got a tattoo. I got a tattoo of him too.
0: That's sweet. I don't know. It was colored up, man. That's oh okay,
1: yeah. Maybe it's been since we we saw each other. I did get it touched up. I did get it touched up. Why is Flash your favorite? He, um, I like the idea behind the character. That uh, well, one. Running super fast is really fun. Uh, I think that's a cool. I think that's a cool ability. But also, he's a normal person that's given the opportunity to be better, and he actually uses those things to be better. And while he does falter, and while he does fail, he does get to he. He is a good example for people, and I, I like the idea that, um, like, say there's a burning building. He gets everybody out of the building, but not just that. He goes and gets everyone blankets. He gets them water and gets them food so that they're okay. And in one of the comics, this is when he gets full like comic bookie, the building collapses everybody's out he goes to a library reads up building codes and uh engineering books and uh basically construction rules or whatever <laughs> and he runs back he rebuilds the building he refurnishes it and he he basically rebuilds this, these people's entire lives and puts them back in their apartments in in a in a flash and i love that and You get, uh, because he runs fast, you start getting into like time travel stories and other universes. So it, it, he is like a gateway to all my favorite things in sci-fi storytelling. And you get, um, a lot of, there's so many elements to him that I, that I could talk about forever, but I, uh, he has my favorite stories. Um, and you get a lot of stories where it's, um, it's, it's about sacrifice and what people are willing to do, uh, for one another, uh, and that's that. Personally, my the stories that I've cried the most at, like when I'm reading, like it feels so lame. Like one time I cried, I cried <laughs> at a pool at a at a at a hotel because I was reading a comic book that was so <laughs> emotional, and I was like, oh, "Shut up!" I was like trying to like pull my head, like <laughs> so cover my face. Oh, but yeah. there was a I, there's a story about one of the Flashes. His name's Wally West. Um, he is basically trapped outside of time in a in a place where no one can see him but he can see everything else happening in his life kind of like um it's a wonderful life that's that that christmas story mm-hmm. and you get um him popping into people and like where they're at and he's like please remember me because if you can't i can't exist anymore and it's something something happened to him we don't know why and he's like he even goes to his wife and his wife doesn't know who he is and it's like this they we even had kids together and she doesn't know who this person is. He is a hero. So he chooses to go to his mentor and he says, it's okay, you're not going to know who I am, but I just want to say thank you. And it's like this moment of him just giving up, but he's going to go out as a champ. And it's this unbelievably heartbreaking story. Um, and that's just one example. I, 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 he's one of my favorite characters. And I love that comics allow me to uh, visit different stories of his uh, from like the 1960s to now. There's so many different stories that you can do with that character. Wow. Um, I, I want to exploded con- words. by the way. No, I just no, no, said no. so well, much.
0: I'm curious. Do you have a least favorite? Do you have a least favorite, uh, like mainstream character?
1: I think the one I'm just a little tired of is Batman. That doesn't mean I don't like him. He's right here. He's having a little Batmobile. Uh, <laughs> he's he's great, but I'm just I if least favorite right now. It's just like I don't want. I don't. I'm okay if we take a break from him for a little bit.
0: Yeah. So does does Harry Potter and that stuff? uh run under your domain or no?
1: I try. Like everyone saw the Harry Potter movies, but I don't know. Like you couldn't tell me like, do you remember that character? I'm like, nah, if it's not like the name three kids, I don't know who it is.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. we uh I, I I met somebody a close friend of mine hadn't seen the Harry Potter movies and I was like, you gotta watch them. They're epics. And so I also grew up big on Lord of the Rings. And I realized like the difference the Lord of the Rings is a little more nuanced and so there's like more of that uh I guess, underground culture of people that break it down and analyze it. Harry Potter's like, I mean, it's a children's novel, so it's pretty straightforward, although there are some deep concepts to it. But, um, you know, there's a big difference between the two. Uh, I want to go back to your uh, transition from SourceFed to what you're doing now, because uh, that was pretty, like what, the past year or past two years? Yeah, that's, yeah, we've been doing it
1: for over a year now. Um, yeah, no, it was, so during SourceFed, my co-host, DJ uh, Woldridge, he... Uh he was like, Hey, do you wanna grab lunch? Let's talk. And he talked about um we had the show on SourceFed, uh that we got canceled just because it was it was the hardest show to make. It was uh it did get its views, it did get equal amount of views, but compared to everything else, they got the same amount of views, it was too much work. So we we couldn't do it anymore. But we were like, Let's try to do it ourselves and we'll rename it, we'll call it something else, and that's how our podcast came to be. And when SourceFed ended, when that, all that got wrapped and you know, scuttled and everything, um we double down and we were like let's let's make this a real thing and we signed with a company and we started getting ad deals and we kicked off a patreon and we started just like building it out and then it started it became something that like it pays our bills now like it it fully is like our our job and it's and not just that that's opened doors to this whole other realm of like podcasters and YouTubers and just other people who are into movies and nerd culture that now I've, I've met so many amazing people through all of this and I've gotten to work with so many cool people. And it's, it's definitely didn't think, I thought this was going to be a fun side project, but now it is like my full-time gig. So definitely didn't see that coming.
0: Wow. That's great. Um, you kind of glaze over the, the source fed stuff. Maybe some people aren't familiar with it. So oh. did, did that in like, Basically,
1: it was uh, twenty. What year is this? 2018, it 2017. Uh It was early twenty seventeen in March. Uh, basically, four years before that, we got purchased by Discovery Channel. So we were under the Discovery brand, and um, from there, it became the subsidiary of Discovery. That was all their digital content. So that's SourceFed plus a bunch of other people, and uh, they reached a point where they're like, "It's not making SourceFed and SourceFed nerd aren't making." enough money to support the all the people there so we're gonna say bye-bye so that that got wrapped and that was that was I don't want to say I didn't see it coming because you could kind of basically when com- when things start to get like different at companies you kind of kind of feel it in the air a little bit um yeah but it wasn't it wasn't bad like it wasn't uh it like it's not good that people are you know losing jobs <laughs> that's not good but um I it it was a chance for me to reevaluate what I wanted. Also I got a severance, which I did not know what that was before hey. that happened. So I was like, oh my God, that is super cool. So I was um and I uh so I I was doing pretty well and I got to take a month and figure out what I wanted to do. So I did some traveling and I grew, like who doesn't do that when they lose their job. But I <laughs> uh I got to travel a little bit and I got to I even traveled to Hawaii by myself. I just didn't want anyone to come. I was just like, I want to do this for me. And I kind of was able to like de-stress like we were talking about at source, because it, I kind of said it pretty quick, but it was a, it was like a stressful environment, not in a bad way, but it's just, you're, you're, it's always hundred miles an hour. There isn't any, you're not going slower than that. Right. So it was cool to de-stress for a month and be like, you know what? I do want to stay in this field, but I want to figure out a way that I can make it work more for me. And, uh, it's been, it was slow to do that, but now I can say, uh, over a year later, yeah, like a year and a half later now, um, I'm happy. And like I have, uh, I right now I'm currently able to make a schedule for myself, uh, where I have some free time to rest, but I am working consistently
0: and I'm happy. So like, yeah, pretty lucky. That's great. Um, maybe a couple more questions and then, you gotta get ready for some for you know some fan questions because there's a lot coming in here Um, (laughs) i'm curious uh do you have any favorite like there's a bunch of comic conspiracies kind of like right
1: for like characters or like 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 the production of it like well okay
0: so let's talk about marvel Mm is because i um I mean, I'm heartbroken right now as far as the whole thing goes. We got Thanos taking over the world, uh-huh. and my wife and I watch every single one of these. Also, Ant Man and the Wasp keeps coming out, and like, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't do it for me. Uh, but that like, it's not, <laughs> that is understandable because you just
1: sing the title alone. It's like it's kind of those times when you have to like put your hand your uh, head in your hands because you're like, that's such a dumb name for a character. But whatever, oh we'll deal with it. <laughs>
0: Is, was he? Is he part of the original series?
1: Oh, he's an original Avenger. Both of them are. They are like Marvel had like Iron Man, Hulk, Spider Man, Ant Man, and the Wasp. That was like that was really early on stuff. Oh, man,
0: I mean, they is a great character to play him, and so I only I only watched the movie, so I have no idea. I guess. You know whatever the plot next is. but you you're already familiar with what's pretty much going to happen kind of
1: yeah also i will say the reason why they're so weird is like it's right in the 70s so it's like these are artists in new york and they're poor so it's just like it's like the stress of not having money or food plus easy access to hallucinogenic drugs like if you because <laughs> you know so dr strange was in avengers and he's, he's got his own movie
0: are you talking about the authors of the comics Oh, the authors, 100%. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, Like, okay. yeah.
1: If you look at, a, a, like, a Doctor Strange comic from the 70s, all it is, it's, like, stuff that makes no sense. It's, like, your high friend talking to you. You're, like, all right, like, we're flying through a dimension of just, like, hands, but we'll... I don't know what that means, but we'll go ahead and, like, <laughs> deal with it. So that's why they're so weird. But, um, no, yeah, like, when it comes to, like, conspiracies and stuff, like, I do the the movie is an original story like they they made something new out of it but it's 100 percent based off of a comic of the same name so you do know where it's going to go next but i have some fun theories for like what could happen and i it's definitely going to make people cry
0: (laughs) all right well i'll let people you know check out your own podcast which is only super dancers you have the uh you have the youtube channel now and then Mm -hmm. twitch which just seems overwhelming and i can't (laughs) be doing that but are you live streaming all that stuff
1: oh yeah yeah, it's on uh, twitch.tv slash PlayNoggin. We're actually teaming up with this company that does educational videos, like science educational videos on YouTube, and they want to move into like educational like, nerdy stuff. And so that's where we're kind of like pivoting a little bit and making it more informative.
0: Wow, that's awesome, man. Um, I uh, So your your podcast and your show is all about comics and movies right you're yeah. still doing that and how, yeah. how often do you guys post the content that's mondays and so once a week but on youtube it's four times a week
1: sometimes five times a week um but yeah it's like daily 11 p.m pst you're getting that and mondays 5 a.m so like right before your commute you get a new movie review and we're getting into uh the movie what do you call those the like the critic screenings and so we're it's a lot of Whoa. hard it's a lot of hustling it's a lot of like yeah no don't worry we're like legitimate we're not just like we're not just like some dudes like we we do have numbers we can back this up so we're starting to see movies earlier and earlier we actually just went to austin texas for fantastic fest which is a genre film festival and i got to see halloween early the new
0: one what it's real good real good i also heard you were just traveling in moscow is that right Oh, we
1: did. We went there. We. I, I think I talked about that recently. Um, yeah, I got a layover there for like eight hours, and it was uh, um, awful. <laughs> it, was, it was the wor- It was my. It's my least favorite traveling experience. Period. Because the flight after that was twenty-two hours, something like that. Because it was Amsterdam layover in Moscow, and then you fly back over all of Europe through Canada and then to Los Angeles. Uh, but the flight was $200, so you know, I saved a lot of money.
0: <laughs> $200 from Amsterdam?
1: Yeah, I but it was a Amsterdam, eight-hour layover in Moscow, and then flying back. And it was during a time when, like, a Russian ambassador got, like, murdered in another country while we were in the airport. And we're like, oh, please let us leave. Please don't let us stay in Moscow. Please. Everyone, everyone hates us as soon as they saw us. They know we're Americans. There's no way we can, like, hide who we are. We just want to go home.
0: <laughs> oh my that,
1: was, it was, that was
0: super-duper not fun. But, hey, besides that, I love traveling. <laughs> um, so do you have a favorite comic franchise you got? Like, DC and Marvel really are the only two I know. But are there more? Like, do you have a favorite?
1: Yeah, no. There, just, so here's uh, some cool ones are Image. That's where. Um, so when you go to Marvel or DC, it's kind of like going to a movie studio and you pitch your movie and they own the rights to it. Image was created so that um, if a writer and an artist came together and they had an idea, you could go to Image and they're like, "Hey, we'll publish it, but you own it. You own all the rights to it. Like we we can make toys and we can make shirts and merch and stuff and we can sell it in different forms, but you own the rights to everything. So if you wow. wanted to sell it as a movie, that's pretty cool. So Image has got some amazing books. Um, and uh, my personal favorite right now, it's a company called Boom, Boom Studios, and they have this book called Giant Days. So if your listeners want something that's not superhero related, because it's not, it's um, it's about three girls, uh, they're going to college, and you're following year by year through the books. And I, it's kind of like, um, it's like soul bleach. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you see so much and you, your soul starts to feel a little cold and you feel depressed and you're just like you know what i want something that feels good and that's it's this book called giant days and it's about these three girls and it's absolutely it's delightful i can't find another word besides delightful when you read it you're like man this feels like what you feel like at christmas that's what it feels like and i love
0: it (laughs) Uh, i'll have to check it out i did take your advice um that you gave me last time we met which was check out the netflix marvel series nice um so we my wife and i watched uh jessica jones and like i was so skeptical just because i was like man this kind of feels like a knockoff why are they making the series when they have like epic movies but they're just as good you didn't mm-hmm. lie um, and you met
1: what you've now watched one of my favorite actors of all time uh david tennant he was the main antagonist he is one of my favorite he's the uh Killgrave. he yes. is one of my favorite actors of all time he's so good
0: wow yeah I'll have to check out other movies of his. Um, are you ready for some fan questions? Yes, please. All right. So we have uh, Via Ushuaik wants to know what you would consider your biggest uh formative influences in TV, movies, comics, et cetera. So, like, your biggest influences. I feel like I know one. Uh,
1: flash. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, yeah, that. Um, and I would say <clears> – <throat> For movies, it's Back to the Future because that's the movie that my parents, my dad and I would watch all the time. Uh, Iron Giant, that's another one that doesn't always get enough love. That's a, such a good one. I watched it recently with somebody who had never watched it because it, it was it, kids kind of know what it, what, what it is, but they, not a lot of people saw it. So we watched it for the first time and both of us were like crying on the couch. We're like, yeah, that was, that was a good movie. <laughs> it's, it's such a good movie. That one's a good one. Jurassic Park. And oh. Die Hard. Die Hard is Christmas movie for the Bashers. We are. That's we watch that once a year. Guaranteed. I haven't seen any of that, the Die Hards. Just watch the first one. That don't just ignore literally all the other ones. The first one is the only one you need to see. Really? <laughs> yeah. And it's a Christmas movie too, so you should watch it then.
0: Did you like the most recent dress? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna
1: say also Nightmare Before Christmas is like, cause that got me into like animation and animation always, whenever I see something that's animated, it always blows my mind because usually people like kind of shuffle it off. as like, oh, that's a cartoon. But it, like when you think about just how much extra work goes into a single individual or a team having to literally bring something to life and then people are critical of it. You're like, oh, that's so not fair. <laughs> that's so not fair to the yeah. people that work so hard. That movie took four times as long as a normal movie. But Sorry, what were
0: you going to ask? Um, Jurassic something? I was going to ask you if you like Jurassic Park, the most recent Jurassic Park. I heard mixed reviews. Yeah, it was not, it was not good. Yeah,
1: I, I was real not good. I, I, we were at a press screening, and then the end of the movie, it, it like teases another one. And I, it, it was supposed to be like 100% serious, but it something caught like caught me and I started laughing like really loud in this theater that was like, I'm like, you gotta, you have to shut up. But like oh, this movie, no. this movie is so stupid. Like this, this idea is, it, it could be cool, but the way they pulled it off is so dumb. And I'm like, I can't, I was like covering my face and like putting my, I like put my face in like my knees. I was like, please just stop laughing. I'm like, this is so, so painfully stupid.
0: But anyways,
1: oh we did talk about that one in, on, our, on our podcast if you want a full review.
0: Yeah, check it out. Um, yeah. I do have to say, The Nightmare Before Christmas, I appreciate the animation, mm-hmm. but it does creep me out. Like, it's pretty creepy, just like the, I mean, they did an awesome job with it, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch it every year, though. Um, oh, fair. All right, another question. So we have uh, Chell6535 wants to know, what's your favorite sport? I'm actually curious, too. Ooh, swimming. Easy. That's, really? uh, swimming is,
1: uh, that's, that's something I did. That's why I was lifeguard. Cause I, I did that since I was like six, like I, I've been swimming like my whole life. And it's always like, I, it's hard. That's a sport that's always kind of hard to do regularly. If you don't have like a gym membership where there's a pool there or you have a pool in like where you live. Um, but whenever I do it, it's like, it, it's immediately clears my mind because it's so much concentration of just like, remember to breathe, remember to pole and kick and everything and watching it i get so hyped but like if it's a sport that i 100 enjoy watching but don't follow at all hockey <laughs> i don't like i don't like it's totally like I, you couldn't tell me any team facts or anything i'm just like i just want to watch the people hit each other that's all i want to see
0: <laughs> have you been to a king's game
1: uh yes i've been to one and I went to a Sparks game right after that, so
0: that was a weird day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. I, uh, I, so one of the our first actually episode was with Michael Andrew, who is like a world champion swimmer, and it was super wow. curious to hear like he, um, he does, let's see, USRPT, so ultra short rapid pace training is what nice. it's called, as opposed to like going to the pool and spending two hours in the morning and two hours at night. Like he'll just he does a quarter of the distance that most people do. And so it's really interesting to kind of get his breakdown of that because swimming is, I mean, I, I love watching it. I love watching it. He freaking crushes, but uh, next question. So we have, um, let's see here. Catherine Gray wants to know, what is your favorite late night food? She loves you, by the way, is what she says. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> it, so, late
1: night food definitely means bad food, and it's Nutella. And I definitely oh. need to stop eating it. I have to stop eating it because it's it's just cake icing. You know, it's not like, it's not food. Like, I can't eat that, but it tastes so good. Put a little uh, bit of it on a banana.
0: <laughs> yes, dude.
1: Oh, it's so good.
0: Uh, once I started putting it on bread, though, it was like game over. I was like, man, like, Cause banana was what I was, I was doing. And then maybe, uh, you know, like some other fruit, but once you put it on bread, then I feel like it opens up a whole nother door and it's game over. So. Uh,
1: well, I did, um, I've traveled to Europe a couple of times and like one of the big things in Paris were like the, the little crepe stands, the, where you could get like a crepe with like something in it. And that's when I had Nutella for the first time. So you just like fill it with like hot Nutella and it's like the best snack in the world. Yeah. So now I, I can't help myself. Like I have to just <laughs> choose not to buy it. Because if I buy it, I will eat it all within like three days.
0: (laughs) Jeez, man. Your willpower is inspiring right now. (laughs) Um, Okay, last one. Um, It's kind of a deep one. So TC2 Outlines wants to know if you have a favorite quote you live by. And so that could be by Flash or any superhero or... Ooh,
1: um, I'm going to say a speech because I couldn't pick a quote from the speech because it was so... Um, it was actually the only time a speech has ever gotten me. Like I was like, wow, okay. Like this means something like a lot more than you think it, like, than you think it does. It was from the great dictator. It's a Charlie Chaplin film. And it, it this video has been shared like a lot. Like you could definitely find this speech, uh, all over the place, but it's this, it's this idea. Like there's a lot of stuff of, uh, him talking about that. We, we think too much and we, Care too little, and it's like um, that's a big one that like sticks with you because you you kind of get a little too analytical sometimes. And you don't think about what what this means to somebody, uh, but that whole speech really resonates with me. And I highly recommend people listening to it. The great dictator, Charlie Chaplin,
0: quick YouTube search, and you could find it. Well, I'm curious. Now you've mentioned twice the, like you potentially being over analytical and this, you know, quote resonates with you. Is that, is that something that, that you struggle with you say? Uh, no, I think I'm too emotional. And I really? think
1: that's when it, uh, and it's not me like justifying my emotions, but it's like, it's more like, uh, uh you need to be balanced. And, uh, and I'm trying to be a, like better relationships with friends and like my, and my girlfriend. And it's just like, you know, it's just, it, it's just just trying to be more balanced and, and learn from each other more, I guess.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I struggle. I do struggle with being over analytical. I feel like that's been the, the one thing. Like I'm, I'm always trying to, and when football, I always overthink like the smallest things. And sometimes you, you just got to go with the flow and like trust your abilities. And that's a tangent we can talk about later, but um, I'm curious for, for those listening who aren't um, big comic fans, what do you feel like are the biggest misconceptions about, you know, Comic-Con or the whole industry? I think uh,
1: Comic-Con, Comic-Con is a place for people. It, it's like, if you like sports, you go to a sporting event with your friends and you get to meet more people who like the things you do. Comic is something like that. It's a place you can go where you could talk to people who you, you wouldn't even guess um, like the same things as you, but also you get to meet the people behind the stuff that, that, that create your things, like the people who have these ideas or have this creativity that like you couldn't even imagine coming up with things like this. Um, And you just get inspired like comic-con best thing you could do when you go Go to artist alley every single comic-con has one It's where all the artists are going and they're basically pitching themselves. They're like, hey, this is my stuff They like they've they've curated all this original art for the convention uh, And you can buy pieces that you could decorate your house with or give as gifts Um, And and you can see these people who are really pouring their heart out in their work And it's always inspiring just to talk to them for a little bit Hmm. Um, and when it comes to comics uh, I think you can get, uh, you, there's a lot of really deep storytelling out there that can really help you through tough times and also help you ask difficult questions of yourself, w- but using characters that are more approachable to everybody.
0: That's great. Um, what is the what is the comic or the movie or the series that you f- most often recommend people start with as they're getting into this stuff?
1: Ooh. I would recommend uh, Marvel DC two books and they're kind of the same, but um, I think they do a good job of, of of telling you, of giving you an example of like what what's happening Uh, for DC it's called kingdom come. And the premise is uh, this uh, basically a specter from heaven comes down kind of like an angel, but come on more like an angel of death comes to a pastor and he kind of lets him know that the end times are coming, but he kind of takes them through. It's kind of goes to Christmas future type story. So he shows them what's to come if, if we keep going down this route and he's showing uh, it kind of balances the idea of, uh, of being too fascist and being too, um, being too reactive. I guess that's the way you would kind of approach it. And uh, it, it shows like the idea of being too preemptive with, reacting to negative things or being too, uh, uh, too. I don't know what the other side of it is. Basically you get to see these characters either start, uh, rounding up people and throwing them in jail for them being a threat or it's people being immediately reactive and it's creating these all out brawls that could actually hurt innocent people. So it's like, do you protect people or do you give them your freedom? So it's like, that's, that's more of the conversation you have. And with Marvels, it's called, it's called Marvels. And from the point of view of a, um, from the point of view of a reporter and he's covering basically the beginnings of all these characters appearing in their world so it goes from the 1920s through the 60s and there's a point when they deal with the x-men the x-men are always a stand-in for uh, any minority they their people are racist towards them and you see the character have to deal with this that he has to acknowledge that he is racist uh, towards these people mm-hmm. and he has to and not accept it, but he has to challenge himself and figure out why he feels this way and like what that means. And um, it's pretty heartbreaking and there are no happy endings in either of those books. It's not about having a happy ending. It's about you challenging yourself and actually trying to be a better person is a lot harder than you think it is. And so that's why I like those books. And the art in both those books, it's by the same person. Uh, It's hyper-realistic. So when you look at it, it looks like you're looking at paintings of Greek gods. So I really like, I like the way that
0: looks nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm curious. What are your goals now at this point? You have your own show. You're doing a bunch on a bunch of different platforms. What goals do you have now, career-wise, personal-wise? So I'm actually going back to school. I'm uh, been looking
1: yeah. into this new. It's a new field called uh, science communication, and it's uh, to help scientists. Um, get uh, more funding you need to make sure that your what you're studying is more approachable to people who could fund you and a lot of the times that's that's difficult like the only way we could find out about case studies is being a part of a specific community and then reading through long grant proposals and blah blah blah. and it's like that's not approachable at least to me I don't know about you but I couldn't I wouldn't be able to fathom what's being written there but um, a science communication major is something I just recently found out about it's someone who can kind of break it down and explain it to people in an entertaining way and get people more interested in the sciences because they're important Um, uh, with whatever you feel about the current state of our of our planet there's there's things that there are moves that we need to make um, that to improve like we should always be improving and there are people out there that have these great ideas and they should be able to have a platform to get them out and get people excited about them and I would love to be the person that could make that happen so i'm actually going back to school that's the goal is to finish my degree and to come up with a way of making science more exciting to everybody and make that make it not intimidating because i mean you have a civil engineering degree like they're, they're that's uh, that's one of the sciences and so it's like if you try to explain a lot of it to me it'd be kind of like
0: yeah
1: be like a fog i would love to be able to take um like medicine or robotics or technology and make them not scary for people
0: Wow. I feel like you're the dude to do it, man. I, uh, that was, that was my essay for, I went to business school at Vanderbilt as well. And my whole thing was like, you know, there's so, you have these genius engineers who have zero clue how to describe what they're doing or, you know, like work in teams, um, like, you know, business people do or, you know, with my background sports. So, uh, I think we have a lot of similarity similarities there, but do you know where you're going yet? uh I'm looking at CSUN
1: again I'm looking at Cal State Northridge um because they'll take me back <laughs> but um I and now that's just easy for now and like it's mainly not about where it's about if I can uh get uh, just learn the right tools that's that's yeah. the big thing for me and uh also uh, you know we should be as like a as a culture we should like try moving away from like oh did you go here did you go here did you go here it's you went to school if you're able to go to school that should matter and if you can use those tools in the right way good you know that's great. Sorry. I mean, I'm sorry for asking that question. <laughs> oh no, it's not a bad thing. I, I, someone brought it up to me recently and I was just like, oh, you know, now in my brain, I'm like excited about it. I'm like, yeah, screw Harvard. But I'm like, I'd still like to go to Harvard. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, all right. So, I mean, you have an amazing perspective on stuff. You, you um, have learned, I feel like so much from your experience with comic books. What are three takeaways that you've learned in your journey um, or, you know, all this, all this comic book, um, study that you've done that you think applies to the audience's lives?
1: Uh, I think, uh, one of the, like, cause I, you, you sent me this ahead of time and I was like thinking, I'm like, you know what the main thing, like I learned super quick, uh, and has always kind of just helped me out when I'm not like, not at the level I need to be yet is just listening. And I <laughs> feel like everybody says that and it never clicks until it does for somebody. Um, which is important to remember too—that like a piece of advice, just kind of s- store it. But uh, for me, it's 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 listening, and and also a second point is being patient. I mean, I think one of my biggest strengths is that I'm an extremely patient person. I can really uh, uh, handle a lot. And in starting out for anybody listening, it's like just try to try to listen as much as you can, absorb that information, and be patient with yourself and with others because. Uh, if you're young and you're getting into a new field or you're starting a new field, if you're pivoting, you there's a lot to learn in everything. And if you guys, if you can create a team of people or a group of people around you uh, who can listen to each other and be patient, like that's gonna, that's going to help you out a lot. Um, I mean, it's just gonna, it's going to make your entire experience more enjoyable for yourself and for others. So try, try your best to be patient. Um, and thirdly, I'd say the biggest takeaway Uh, I would say is uh, don't be so hard on yourself. And that actually comes from a lot of comics of like, uh, actually from the flash, that's one of the biggest takeaways of like most of his stories is because the idea that if you could do everything, why aren't you doing everything? Mm -hmm. And, um, and we want everybody feels that especially now like what have we been talking about this whole time it's like uh i'm taking i'm taking on like seven different platforms to try to get my stuff on and i can't i can't even understand what they are mm-hmm. um and like i'm sure like when you hop into podcasts podcast or like other like and you've been like tra- like trying out different fields and whatnot it's like you got to learn to take it easy on yourself like you got to just take a break every once in a while um don't be so hard on yourself and uh it's harder than it it's harder than it sounds, but it's definitely something that I feel will be worthwhile when I can kind of master that.
0: That's great. Well, Sam, I uh I love your passion. I love your enthusiasm and your your willingness to just dive in and and study what it is you're doing. And uh I love your your desire to to make it happen. So I appreciate you taking the hour to sit down with us. Always enjoy catching up, brother. Of course, man. Thank you for having me on. This was a blast. Yeah, it was good to talk. We'll talk to you later. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. It's Andrew, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Redirected. If you find this podcast valuable, there are a lot of ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform you happen to listen from. You can share it with your friends on social media, blogs, or on your own podcast. Also, head over to andrewdeast.com for more information and to request your favorite celebrity, entrepreneur, athlete, or anyone else who inspires you. And while you're at my site, be sure to sign up for my newsletter so you can get updates on other fun stuff going on. Also, you guys know I love connecting with you, so if you want to reach out to me directly on Instagram or Twitter, my handle is at andrewdeast. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next time on Redirected.